You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Born on the radio, raised by technology. Thank you for tuning Into Tomorrow as we continue to cover the latest in consumer tech and solve your digital dilemmas whilst giving you prizes for hearing you on the air. Stay tuned. We've got more info about some of the other cool prizes available in this year's cool Into Tomorrow hot summer giveaway coming up. This is Into Tomorrow in our 26th year for the weekend of Friday, August 20th, 2021, Chris's birthday. Happy birthday to you, Christopher. Thank you. You're welcome. Gosh, get excited about your own birthday, at least. I haven't been excited about my own birthday for like 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So we're excited for Chris's birthday. Thanks. And it's not a depressing thing. It's, it's an old thing. Mm-hmm. Which makes me feel even <laughs> because that I, much because, older. Because I can't afford the candles for my own cake anymore. There's just wow. too many of them. Yeah, that's true. Some tech news and commentary, and then to your calls. John in Alabama standing by. SpaceX is seeking FCC approval to operate a more rugged Starlink dish that's designed to withstand motion and extreme weather conditions to provide Starlink connectivity to vehicles, aircraft, and boats. The filing also requests permission to use a spectrum in the 12 gigahertz band. Yeah. So maybe you'll be able to have a little Starlink satellite dish on your vehicle. Well, maybe if they get Starlink on commercial airliners, maybe it'll work better than that, uh, what was it, the the thing that never worked, the go-go internet or something? Oh, yeah, it was really pathetic. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. You barely get a connection. It was worse than the old dial-up, if you could get it at all. Uh So how much is your palm print worth? If you ask Amazon, it's about $10 in promotional credit if you enroll your palm prints in its checkout-free stores and link to your Amazon account. That's all? Yeah. Last year, Amazon introduced its new biometric palm print scanners, Amazon One, so customers can pay for goods in some stores by just waving their palm prints over one of the scanners. By February, the company expanded its palm scanners to other Amazon grocery, book, and four-star stores across Seattle. Amazon has since expanded its biometric scanning technology to its stores across the U.S., including New York, New Jersey, Maryland, and Texas. I guess a palm scan is better than implanting a chip. Yeah. And but, I read that they're about to open one of those Amazon uh, four-star stores on Lincoln Road here, in, down not too far from here in Miami Beach. Really? Which I had to look up what that was. And apparently it's they take um, – it's they're rotating all the time. They take items that have been rated four stars on Amazon.com and sell them in these physical stores. That's why they're but wait, four d- stars. doesn't Amazon have up to five stars for stuff? I don't know. But apparently oh. – well, maybe it's four and five-star ratings. But they, it's, So they take those highly rated items that are selling online and fill these physical stores with them. And that's what makes them Amazon four star stores. So you can't necessarily count on anything in particular being there right, because they rotate. They apparently rotate it out. So. Oh. But I wonder when they open that store down here in Miami Beach, if they'll put one of these palm scanners there. 
That would be cool. You should be among the first customers waiting in line no. to have your palm scanned. It'll probably be right next to the Apple Store, which is also on Lincoln Road in Miami Beach. That's also <laughs> true. So how do you say this uh, auto mower company, Husqvarna? Hus- Husqvarna. 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 Well, the Husqvarna Auto Mower 430XH Robot Lawnmower. Has the smarts to stay within property lines thanks to underground boundary wires. Now, that's something new. We were doing a product spotlight on one like 20 years ago that did that. But this uses an app to notify the owner if the mower goes out of bounds, which is really helpful. So if their underground boundary wire doesn't work... Your mower might end up going down the street. Just make a mower that doesn't go out of bounds. Yeah. Well, the device comes with anti-theft alarms, weatherproofing, and automatic charging, plus sensors that turn it off if it's lifted while in operation. Oh. Which Which is is, a handy safety thing. So it won't chop off your foot. Yeah. I mean, why would you lift a mower if it's working anyway? I don't know. Don't lift it. Turn it off. Then lift it. Google wants to make it easier for kids and teenagers to remove photos of themselves from its search platform. Google announced a slew of new features designed, quote, to give kids and teens a safer online experience. According to the search giant, the company will soon roll out a new policy that enables anyone under the age of 18, including their parents and guardians, to request that their image be removed from Google image search results. Now, of course, this doesn't remove it from the Internet, but it just removes it from search results. Uh Uh, Google already offers the ability for users to request that their personal information, including images, be removed from search results. However, such removal requests must fit into specific takedown categories, such as non-consensual explicit imagery or doxing content. Google's new policy appears to streamline the process for teenagers and allow removal requests for images of any user under 18. That's good, I guess. Yeah. Right? Until you're old enough to make your own decisions and then put your images back wherever you want. Exactly. TikTok, with more than 63 million installs, ranked first last month in non-gaming app downloads, a title that it has held for all but two Of the past 18 months, according to analytics platform Sensor Towers, Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp rounded out the top five in overall download rankings last month. But uh, TikTok stays on top. And I'm finally trying to add one or two more items to mine, but I still only have four followers. Come on, listeners. Follow me. On all kinds of anti-social media, it's all it's all the same. At Dave Graveline, one one word, one name, whatever combined, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Parlor, on I don't know whatever these others are, but just on everything, just at Dave Graveline, one word. Is Parlor still around? I think so. You just can't find them. (laughs) I I actually only have two TikTok followers, you and Cameron, but I also don't have never posted anything and don't. I just go on there and I scroll through that for you page or whatever they call it. Just Oh, for you, is that where they supposedly have some machine learning AI that I think so offers up stuff it thinks you'd like? Yeah. Based on likes and, that you've and done. For some reason, every single day, at least twice a day, it serves an ad for some shirt that's supposed to hide beer bellies. I'm like, well, why are you serving this up to me? It's seen your picture. I thought the cameras aren't supposed to be active. <laughs> it has seen your picture, yeah. apparently. Google's director of product management, Dominic Proust, took to Twitter recently to complain that he had been charged $14,186.25 after someone borrowing his car accidentally signed up for Tesla's advanced driver aids in his car. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back. So he let somebody borrow his car. Yes. And apparently they signed up for something that cost him a lot of money. Yes. 
Well, that's stupid, uh, number one, that he let somebody borrow the car, and number two, that he let him get away with that. Well, you know, when I read into the story, it turns out I think it was his father-in-law that was borrowing the car, so it may, All it may, the more. Not, it may not have been very accidental. <laughs> All the more reason. Um, the Tesla owner wrote that, quote, if you double-click the shift panel twice and accidentally engage the autopilot in Model 3, Tesla will automatically charge you $14,000 if you didn't previously purchase autopilot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's that sequence again? Because maybe there are some others <laughs> listening that want to just wreak havoc with a friend or somebody else double in the click, family. Yeah, double click the shift panel twice. Apparently double, it will engage autopilot. Double click the shift panel twice. twice. Yeah. Are you making a note for when you borrow somebody's Tesla? No. I'm happy <laughs> with my 2022 MBX. Uh, but a later tweet revealed that Proust was charged for both autopilot and the full self-driving capability, two advanced driver aids available on Teslas. <laughs> Fortunately, God. Proust also wrote that he was able to cancel the purchase from within the infotainment system by going into the Manage Upgrades menu. So apparently they do give you a certain amount of time, I guess, to go into your menu and cancel one of those purchases. Jeez, but, that's nuts. But they apparently make it way too easy to to, to Cost you fourteen thousand dollars, and you know, and and though I'm happy with my MDX, not the dealer I got it from, but what else is new? Um, because they're a typical car dealer, uh, Delray Acura. Um, I am happy with the vehicle and all the tech in it. And if you missed the report we did on a very similar all new 2022 model. Check it out. Just search MDX at intotomorrow.com, and you'll say, oh, no wonder the tech guy loves all the tech. And I've had several people say, well, why don't you just get a Tesla? Number one, I didn't want a Tesla. Number two, I didn't want an electric vehicle. Because guess what? You need diesel or gas-powered something or other to power your tar- Plus, to charge your you, darn car. Your electric bill's high enough. You don't need to be yeah. also paying to charge a car. <laughs> or, and if I, you know, I'm running out of gas, I just get gas. If I'm running out of electricity, I've got to sit somewhere and let it charge. So, no, thank you. And, yeah, while the Teslas have a lot of features and a, and a big uh, tablet as as the control panel in the, on the front dash, it doesn't have nearly the features overall that my car has. So that's why I got what I got, because it has all the cool stuff. I love the heads-up display, and I love the, the you know, what I call the helicopter view when parking. You know, it's like there's a, like a drone above my vehicle helping me park and getting in and out of tight spaces. And stuff. I mean, all the kind of fun stuff that we talked about on the report. And I don't need a Tesla. I mean, good for him that he's doing so well with them and all. But, see, I don't want somebody getting in and hitting a couple of buttons and costing me fourteen grand either. Well, that's why you just don't ever loan your car to anybody. Well, I don't. That's why when you asked the other day, I said, take your own car. But you wanted to see all the tech in my new car. Yeah, well, look, see it? Okay, now drive your own car. Nice. Yeah. Um, A report from the Boston Consulting Group foresees a shift. Consumers could increasingly access electric vehicles through subscription services rather than leasing the vehicle. Subscription services are appealing because they often don't require a credit check or down payment, and they include maintenance, insurance, and roadside assistance. So that's going to be the next thing, apparently. You can subscribe to an electric vehicle. And then when it runs out of electricity, you just leave it on the side of the road. (laughs) And you ask for roadside assistance, and you call a friend with a gas-powered car to come get you. Yeah. (laughs) But look for that. See what happens. Amazon has announced a new policy to pay customers directly for claims of property damage or personal injury under $1,000 caused by defective products. The new policy begins on September 1st and will apply to all products sold on Amazon.com, regardless of who sells them. 
Previously, if you wanted to file a similar type of claim, you'd have to work with the seller, which has raised questions of who's really at fault for defective problems sold on the platform. Mm. Uh, When this policy kicks in, Amazon customer service will help facilitate claims between a customer, the seller, and the seller's insurance provider. So it's, you know, at least Amazon's doing something Good, I guess. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to good, say but good. They're, I guess, finally doing something that they should have been doing all along. Correct. Is what we should say. That, that should be of some assistance to some of its customers. Right. The okay. people that have made it like the richest company in the world. Of course. Well, that allowed Jeff Bozos to go to almost space. Yeah. We've heard it all along. Android Auto is designed around keeping your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. While that doesn't always work out in practice, many of the changes to auto interface are at least intended to streamline your interactions with the screen. Android Police reports that Google may have identified people were spending too much time browsing for music and podcasts because a new shortcut now provides automatic suggestions that can get you listening without a lot of tapping. So now Android Auto will start suggesting music, news, and podcasts, hopefully into tomorrow podcasts, so you can keep your focus on the road. Google is probably also trying to subtly fix your listening habits. Mm-hmm. It's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But as long as it includes Into Tomorrow, our free podcast, download and listen, especially while you drive. Why not? There you go. We'll keep you entertained and allow you to keep your eyes on the road. Yeah. Satellite startup Swarm Technologies is being purchased by SpaceX for an undisclosed amount in a move that could bolster the capabilities of Elon Musk's Starlink Internet service. The deal would give SpaceX access to Swarm's 120 orbiting satellites, as well as the company's station licenses. So that should prove interesting, because SpaceX is in the process of putting up how many? Do you remember offhand? I know there were like 1,400 last time, various low-orbit satellites for Internet. And now they're going to have these 120 orbiting satellites in addition and all the others that they're putting up as frequently and as fast as they possibly can, really cluttering up the skies. Pretty soon it's going to be an eclipse, constant eclipse of satellites. John in Montgomery, Alabama, listens to the free, as well you should, Into Tomorrow podcast. Hello, John. I uh, am a songwriter-composer, and I have two Behringer mixers that I want to upgrade. I've been thinking about upgrading to the Mackie 16 channel, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about the new Behringer mixers. What I want to know is, what do you guys use for your podcast? Well, of course, we are actual broadcasters, so podcasts, uh, we've been doing them since long before they were ever called podcasts, but podcast is secondary to us with our broadcasting. So, John, basically, as I mentioned, our podcast and our radio show are basically one and the same. Now, as far as what we use, uh, you can't really go wrong with either Behringer or Mackie. Our main board uh, in our control room is a 16-channel Mackie. We've been using it for years, and it has served us very well. Now, connected to that main mixer, we have several sub-mixers. One is a Samson. Uh, S-A-M-S-O-N, another brand that is good while not being too expensive. But our main mixer here in the studio is a Behringer. And the two that we use for everything when we are on remote broadcasts, back when we were able to do those, uh, are both Behringers. Uh, Those we've upgraded through the years and have always stayed with the newer version of that brand. So they do their job and do it very well. Yes, they do. So I hope, John, that answers your question along those lines. You can't go wrong with Behringer if you got nothing else out of that. We've been very happy. And again, uh, we're speaking to you as we speak. 
through this submix right here in our talk studio, and then it goes through another Behringer in the control room and other stuff. And you mentioned a Mackie we use as it well. It goes from this Behringer to the Mackie. To the Mackie. Yes, and, and then we have and, our and, Behringers that we use on remote broadcast. Got you. And then, of course, we have distribution amps and we have other things and whatever. Bunch of stuff. See, I never work in the control room. I'm always on this side. I don't know what's in there. I just signed the checks for them. Mm-hmm. We still using all that stuff, or can we sell some of some it? Some of it, okay. So maybe John wants to buy some. You never know. But let us know what you end up going with, because we're certainly very happy with what we use. Into tomorrow dot com. Let's meet. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. A quick Into Tomorrow tech tidbit for you. 40% of American couples now meet online. Wow. You have recently with a couple of Damsels. Couple? Well, I mean, <laughs> your last few. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, you'll soon discover the options can be a bit overwhelming. Blueberry makes it easy. Visit blubrry.com. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll be chatting with Justina Nixon. She's the VP and Global Head of Corporate Social Responsibility with IBM, talking to us about their free digital training program to try and help people fill jobs in the tech industry. It's time for our Evo History Major. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic past. Here's Chris Grave line. Mine, mine, mine. The first players for Blu-ray and HD DVD were shown at IFA, the International Funkausstellung, in 2005, with market introduction at the next IFA exhibition in 2006, when they became the focal point of the show. Content for both formats was also shown at IFA, but in early 2008, Toshiba decided to discontinue HD DVD, and Blu-ray players became even more popular. At the Funkausstellung the same year, Panasonic introduced the first Blu-ray disc recorder to the market. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. The cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. You want some really cool prizes? All you need to do is be heard on the air here on Into Tomorrow. Several ways to participate. But first, how about 
from Catalyst. We've got all sorts of cases for iPhone 12 models and Apple Watches and AirPods. Uh, from LFO, we've got Etherm infrared and ear and forehead thermometers and their Eclip baby car seat alarms. Peace of mind to busy parents and save your child. Yep. Cooking Pal sent a Molto smart kitchen appliance that preps, cooks, and cleans after every meal worth $1,000. We've got Quiet Point wireless active noise canceling in ear headphones from Audio Technica. And from Skosh, a box full of stuff, including PowerVolt dual port USB C and USB A car chargers, Power Up 600 car jumper, power bank, and flashlight, and a cup holder portable air purifier and deodorizer. From RoboRock, the S6 Max 5 robotic vacuum, True Vision smarter action worth $700. Get one of them robotic vacuums for your house. Just participate. From Viper, color OLED, two way security and remote start system for your car. From Razor, the Black Widow light silent mechanical keyboard to up your productivity, and a Kyo webcam with built in adjustable ring light. Vox Electronics sent a 10.1 high-res in-vehicle digital smart TV overhead monitor system. Whew, that's worth $699. You may end up being lucky to get that. From Tivic Health, we've got Clear Up Microcurrent Device to relieve congestion from colds, flus, and allergies. And we just heard before showtime, they're sending more to give away. That's very true. If you're an Android user, phone and or tablet, TypeWise wants to provide you with promo code for lifetime subscription to TypeWise Custom Keyboard for any Android device. So mention that or any of the other items we mentioned or any of the other items in the post at intotomorrow.com when you participate on the show and win details at intotomorrow.com. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On Site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way. We'll help you instantly. Call 855-399-9886. That's 855-399-9886. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for tuning Into Tomorrow, our 26th year on the air, covering the latest in consumer tech, all sorts of cool things available to you today and Into Tomorrow. Do consider participating on the program anytime, by the way, 24-7. You don't have to wait to hear the broadcast next time. If you've got a question, a comment, a digital dilemma that we can solve for you, whatever the case, we want to hear from you again anytime at your convenience. 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686 or the Ask Dave button that you'll see when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. COVID-19 has changed, of course, many aspects of our daily lives, including how we work. The tech industry is a desirable field for a lot of job seekers, but a frequent challenge for applicants has been their lack of skills to fill more niche tech-focused roles, if you will. Well, the company that our next guest is with is trying to change that with its free digital training program. Well, now that we've got your attention, the vice president and global head of corporate social responsibility for IBM is Justina Nixon. Justina, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? 
I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, especially because what you guys are doing is helping a great deal of people to uh, come build their future in tech and for free. I mean, that certainly got our attention. Tell me about it. Yeah, absolutely. So with IBM Skills Build, you know, participants can take courses online and earn digital credentials uh, to certify their skills. And we all know that many tech jobs pay better. You know, they're able to um, get the skills, get the credentials they need within three to six months and be able to obtain, you know, more meaningful employment or just a better job. Um, And as you mentioned, the pandemic has really made people rethink the kinds of jobs that will give them either flexibility to work from home more often or jobs that will provide a better long-term career path. Um, And with, you know, technology just disrupting every industry, it just makes sense to focus on obtaining those tech skills. And since we hear a lot from our audience about folks that have been working from home the past year, year and a half, and some of them are now being told they're going to have to come back to work in the office or a couple of days a week in the office, they're now telling us, you know what, instead I'm going to look for other employment opportunities because they've gotten used to working from home. If they're productive and doing the right things from home, that might be another game changer for many of them. And perhaps it's time to learn a new set of skills, especially in the tech field. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of tech jobs offer you the opportunity to be flexible as to where you're located. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what we've realized is, you know, people need both technical and professional workplace skills uh, to be successful, but it's not just enough to provide the skills. You know, what we um, really provide through Skills Build is the opportunity to find a meaningful job, no matter the person's background or education. And we have over a thousand courses in topics such as cybersecurity and data analytics and cloud computing and many other technical disciplines, um, and also including just basic digital skills that you need for any job, any role, any industry. And over a thousand different job opportunities like that? I mean, that's pretty fascinating. There's something for everyone, I'm sure. If anyone has any idea that, you know, they're not sure what they want to do, perhaps visiting skillsbuild.org is going to help zero in on something that, yeah, I can do that, and that sounds good to me or interesting. And I'm sure that that's part of the main success of your program. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have a lot of options, right, for um, participants on the platform. But what's interesting about what we provide is this, you know, self-assessment that learners can do on the platform to really assess their professional interests. Um, So we can actually provide the best career path and the relevant courses for anyone who, you um, you know, accesses the platform. Hmm. And I'm curious, Justina, have the requirements for career credentials, earlier you talked about digital credentials and so forth, has that changed in the recent years, do you think? What are employees actually looking for these days? Yeah, absolutely. So requirements have changed, right? So when you consider the digital transformation, you know, it really drove the creation of new jobs that require new skills. And employers are no longer demanding that you need a four-year degree in all cases for technical jobs. You know, the bottom line is employers are looking for people who have the right skills to perform a certain job. And sometimes these skills are acquired through a four-year degree, but they could also be acquired through a training program or professional experience. 
So it has changed and employers, including IBM, are much more flexible about what requirements they're asking for to be successful, you know, in a tech job. And of course, while there are other uh, programs out there, a few others, I'm wondering what makes IBM's Skills Build program so different than some of these others. Uh, I mean, I'm already learning with over a thousand <laughs> opportunities and the fact that it's free. And I mean, there seems to be so many great advantages uh, that are sticking out here. Well, yes, you definitely touched on it. It is completely free end to end. So we don't have offer the training and then ask, you know, participants to pay for the credential or the badge. You know, we provide everything for free on the platform. We also connect people to real jobs. And I think this is extremely important. You know, if they're interested, if they want to go beyond just receiving the credential or the badge, we will connect them to a real job opportunity that they can interview for and have a chance at. But the other thing is what I mentioned, right? This opportunity to do the self-assessment, to understand what is the best career path for me and what are the right courses that I should take so that I could be successful, you know, in this program or in a new career. So I think that's what makes this platform, you know, different than others that may exist today. And Justina, I'm also curious about the folks that are taking various classes. Do you find that the majority of them are doing something completely different than what they had been doing? Or are there some folks that are uh, already involved in this industry, of course, the tech industry, and saying they just want to expand their horizons, maybe get more knowledge? Or is it a, a nice mixture of both? It's actually a nice mix, right? So we have people who are in you know, traditional jobs, you may actually have, you know, a law degree, and now you want to focus on cybersecurity law, Mm. you can access the platform and get the credential around cybersecurity and that knowledge that could help you in your job. But we also have people who are high school graduates, community college students, who are looking for credentialed Um, opportunities uh, that could help them get a really great job. So we do have a mix of different people who are accessing the platform. And I'm noticing on your website at skillsbuild.org that uh, you talk about professional workplace skills. Why should someone get those and, and what are they for that matter in addition to this technical training? Yeah, so actually people may think that technical skills are more important than those, you know, softer workplace skills. But employers actually value these softer skills. You know, in fact, we conducted a study a few years ago and found that employers believe that professional workplace skills are just as or even more important than technical proficiencies. So when you look at those workplace skills, they could be collaboration, presentation skills, design thinking, time management. These are skills that really mean a lot if you want to be successful in the workplace. And you can access those skills on the platform as well. And are technical skills only useful if you're looking for a career at tech companies or uh, will they work really if you get some various credentials almost anywhere else? Yeah, they will work in every industry. You know, when you think about technology and the disruption that has happened over the last, you know, few years, there's really no industry or job role that's not going to incorporate technology in some way. So whether you're in healthcare, whether you're in manufacturing, whether you're in the retail sector, you are going to need to be tech savvy. So these are skills that are not just leading people into technology companies. These are skills that you will need no matter what industry um, that you're going into. 
Hmm, Very good. And I'm encouraged by a lot of your research as well, including the fact that you've discovered 58% of consumers surveyed said they plan to take continuing education courses this year, primarily online, of course, versus in person under all the circumstances. But it's also more convenient for most people. So the fact that the majority of folks are saying, yeah, I'm going to do that because I've got to better my education, my skills, my job opportunities, uh, that in and of itself has to be very encouraging for you and your team. It is very encouraging. You know, we've just we've added just this year 500,000 people to the platform. Now wow. this is global, not just in the US, but we are seeing significant demand for what we're providing on the platform. And you are correct. You know, I think again the pandemic has given people time to reflect, think about their future rethink the kinds of jobs that they want to obtain. And, you know, they have some time that they're setting aside to take these online courses. And we provide them 100% completely free, and they can earn a digital credential um, within three to six months and apply for a new job. That's awesome. And I'm noticing last month alone, the U.S. saw a record high number of job openings with a total of 9.2 million job postings. So I can't imagine anyone getting away with, there's just nothing out there for me. (laughs) That's not true. I agree. I agree. I think it's matching the skills, right, to the job opportunities. And, you know, I have not done a deep dive into the opportunities that are available, but I'm sure a lot of them are asking for technical skills. Oh, for sure. Justina Nixon, you're a delight to chat with, Vice President, (laughs) Global Head with Corporate Social Responsibility for IBM. The website that we'll link you to, of course, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com is skillsbuild, with a D, skillsbuild.org. Justina, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us and keep up the great work. It's helping a lot of people. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Dave Graveline. We continue bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Let's serve up another Into Tomorrow tech tidbit for you to share with your family and friends and enemies. The social media website MySpace, remember that? Founded way back in 2003, sold for $580 million in 2005. At that time, it was the most visited social networking site in the world and even surpassed Google as the most visited website in the United States. You still on MySpace? No. Anybody listening still on MySpace? I did go recently and see that my MySpace profile is still there at myspace.com slash crazyfisherman. Is it really? Of course, I have no idea how to log in. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you click on forgot password? I don't know that I even have access to whatever. I don't know what email address I use or if I even have access to it. So it's just kind of sitting there as as an archive of what my life was like 20 years ago. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. So that's why I'm curious if any of our listeners are on MySpace. Are you doing anything active with it? Is it doing any good for you at all? Is it as bad an anti-social media platform as the others? 
Now, Larry in Apex, North Carolina, listens to us on AM680 WPTF. And while we do read the occasional email, and thank you, Larry, for providing those details where you live and how you hear the show, hopefully next time you'll consider calling in to participate because it is radio, after all. We love to hear you. So instead, Chris will do his best Larry from Apex, North Carolina impression. Larry sounds just like me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is it worth a try to replace Windows with Linux on older PCs and laptops that are slowly grinding to a halt? We have one desktop and two laptops in our house that are getting old and processing slower and slower with each Windows update. Hmm. Do you recommend switching to Linux? And if so, which flavor? Red Hat, Ubuntu, or is it not worth doing? Well, Chris, I mean, Larry, it it depends on what you really want to do. Uh, The first thing you should accept is that Linux is not Windows, and you'll need to get used to a new operating system, new software, new ways of talking about certain tasks and components. You may or may not be satisfied if you switch to Linux, but if most of what you do is online or you're willing to learn how to use that new operating system and new software to do what you're used to doing with Windows, then it could definitely work. It might even end up being a lot more realistic. There are much lighter weight Linux distributions out there than modern versions of Windows, and Linux can be made to run successfully on older hardware. If you're trying Linux, a Debian-based distribution is a good starting point. Ubuntu is extremely popular and very good. Mint is based on Ubuntu and very well-liked. Debian itself is very good. Uh, Debian sticks to a slower release schedule in an effort to release truly stable versions, which is a welcome. Uh, Steer clear from CentOS, though. It used to be popular and powerful, but it's since been discontinued. Ah, now see, Larry, you really have us curious. So what do you intend to do with those computers, and what will you end up going with if you decide to change? It will certainly help other listeners to make similar decisions. Meantime, Stanley in Oakland, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome into tomorrow, Stanley. Ah, and on my cell phone is just disgusting. It's so low, I can't even update my computer. Wow. I have a few other options in this area, but I'm not crazy about them. Is there any way to boost the data coming to my phone? Or I don't, you know, it just comes straight to my phone, so I don't have any other equipment up to it. Well, Stanley, in terms of speed, there can be two culprits, the signal strength and your service provider. Do you have full bars, if you will, when you attempt this download? If you don't, a booster like the ones provided by companies like WeBoost and SureCall can improve your signal by giving a much larger antenna to pick up the signal. And you can mount outside or inside your home, whatever, you get the best coverage. Now, the rest of the system is made up of a repeater that looks kind of like a Wi-Fi router that will put out that boosted cell signal. If your bars are already full, then you may be getting throttled by your phone company. Yeah, there are usually two cases for throttling. If you're a heavy user, which you may be if you're downloading operating system updates through your phone, uh, OS updates are not small. Um, And if you're using a cheaper plan through companies that specialize in leasing bandwidth from bigger, more expensive service providers with lower network priority than what those big companies offer their direct clients. In either case, the solution is the same. You'll need to switch plans to something that offers more full-speed tethered data or just better speeds in general. Yeah, Stanley, I hope we helped you out a little bit there. Again, our notes, if you're interested in more detail, at intotomorrow.com. Look for the show for August 20th, in this case, Hour 3. 
Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. And let Best MedCare do the work for you. On this happy birthday weekend for Chris, welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. Text radio to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word radio to 35000. Lee in Tyler, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM and participating using the Ask Dave button. We love you for that, Lee. At intotomorrow.com. I'm wanting to know what kind of a camera to use uh, outside that I can control from my iPhone that I can pan and tilt and zoom and uh, have audio also. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Lee. The first thing we should mention is that if you want a PTZ camera that's pan, tilt, zoom, you'll need power. You won't be able to just stick or drill a camera into the wall and power it with AA batteries like you can with some small cameras available on the market today. Make sure you're willing to do some wiring before you buy a camera because even if they are Wi-Fi enabled, you'll probably still need to wire power to them. Now, you will find lots and lots of generic PTZ cameras online. There's nothing wrong with considering one of them, but if you do, make sure you read reviews. They're certainly not all equal. Yeah, if you want to try better known names, Foscom has several outdoor PTZ cameras that may work for you. Uh, You can also look at Reolink cameras as well. They make plenty of PTZ cameras that would meet your needs. Uh, A company called Jiditech, J-I-D-I Tech, is less well-known but it's probably worth considering, too. Uh, They feature more than one camera with built-in two-way audio, which is less common in outdoor cameras. That alone might make them worth adding to your list. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, I hate to mention them, but ring cameras, of course, none of them are uh, pan-tilt-zoom. So, but they do have some two-way audio, which I've never, in three different cameras, have been able to work effectively. So just keep that in mind as well. Let us know what you end up with, Lee, and let's all meet at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.